All right, folks, welcome back to No Rain, No Rainbows. Joining me today on the podcast, a good friend of mine, mentor of mine, financial advisor extraordinaire, always fresh to death. <laughs> Charles Russ, what's going on, man? What's going on, Teddy? How you doing today, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. First and foremost, thanks for coming out. Thanks for talking to me for a little bit. The topic we're going to talk about today is get control of your finances. Something I think once we started hanging out, I could tell this is a man that's put together. But the folks listening right now, they might not know who you are. So let's educate them. Uh, give me your story, your backstory a little bit and, and what led you on this path to become a financial advisor. Uh, well, Ted, first, I want to thank you for having me on, man. It, it's a pleasure and a blessing. So not to be too long. Um, I was born in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, I moved to Greenville, South Carolina when I was around six with my grandparents. I uh, was raised here, went to Wayne Hampton High School here in Greenville. Um, and after that, it was off to college. I uh, attended the United States Military Academy at West Point. So if there's any military guys or West Point guys out there listening, go Black Knights, um, go Army, beat Navy. Uh, and then uh, I got, you know, it's mandatory service after West Point, five years. So I did my five years active duty all in Germany. I did two additional years and got out. Uh, I did have a couple deployments. Um, and when I got out, I started my business as a financial advisor with a guy who's still a good friend of mine, Michael Mandarino. Uh, he's running his own business down in Florida now. Uh, stayed in Germany for about five years working, moved back to Greenville and, and continued my practice. And anybody that knows you knows you're a man that, that wears many hats, but the, the main hat, the, the main time to make the donuts, Dave, is this financial, uh, this financial career that you have. Why finances? What got you into that in the first place? Well, I, my favorite story about finances is there was a point in my life when I needed about $5,000. My grandmother pulls out this $5,000 from nowhere, and I'm like, Grandma, I'm, I'm not taking that from you. She said, that's your money. Wait, I mean, what, what are you talking about? So back when I was a kid, I used to get money from my dad or for whoever for her Christmas, birthday. She would always take 10%. I mean, it used to kill me. So I'd get $100. She'd take 10 I'd only have 90 but I wanted the Jordans they had 95 Couldn't get them. So that was my 10%. And she saved it and saved it and saved it. So when I actually needed it, it was there. Uh, that's probably my main little antidote that I had. But if you look at any of my hats that you speak about, um, I'm all about self-improvement. I'm all about self-improvement, be it the gym, um, finances, even mentoring, coaching. Uh, I'm just about self-improvement. Finances is one area where, because I don't have a better word, ignorance can really kill you. If you don't know the rules, if you don't know how money works, if you don't know uh, certain concepts, you can really get blasted on the back end. So I got into financial advising um, more more because I like the helping aspect. And math has kind of just kind of been my thing, uh, one thing I was actually good at in school. So it's kind of a natural fit for me. Now, you, you talk about uh, knowing finances. And I think in terms of knowing something, you first need to know what it is. What is money? Uh, money is, it's just our, Ted gave you that look because he, he, he wanted to drop one on me. He didn't, he didn't let me see the questions before. Um, money is just an exchange. It's an exchange of services. It's what something's worth. Um, just like your, whatever job you do, what is that worth to someone else? They're willing to give you money for it. And it's the system that we've come up to account for it. And there has, cause there has to be a system to account because if, if this guy's a plumber and this guy is a farmer, well, how many potatoes is this plumbing job worth? Mm -hmm. You know, how many potatoes is your anchor job worth? So once we can determine that, we can centralize the value in one point 
on one thing and use that to uh, determine value across the board. Now, let's say I'm a person just starting out and I understand what money is. How do I gain my finances? How do I increase my finances now that I know that it's an exchange, but I'm fresh out of college or I don't have any savings? What habits, what do I do to kind of get ahead? Well, getting ahead, the first thing that I would tell anyone, getting ahead is don't fall behind. Or if you are behind, get caught up. That means knocking out that debt. That is a little monster that, that's held back many a person with vision, with dreams, affects your credit scores, all that. So getting out of debt and start having a clean slate and really knowing what your budget looks like after you're out of debt is, is an essential starting point. Now, budgeting, that's actually a question I wrote down. It's something they don't teach us in school. How do we start? How do we do it? <laughs> so you've, you've seen those, I'm sure you've seen those posts on Facebook or other social media sites, things that they really should teach in school. They should 100% teach budgeting. Um, budgeting is just, it's knowing all of your expenses. One of the first things I have a client do is a budget. And a lot of times they freak out. They think I'm going to tell them how to spend their money. No, it, that's your money. But I would like to see it. So, for instance, what I do is I have them put in their income. I have them write down all of their expenses. And I mean, try to write down everything. You don't want to make it so cumbersome that you don't want to do it. So you categorize. You know, you give yourself $200 miscellaneous money. You give your, you know, you put all your insurance into a category so you can watch it. And, and it's not hard to monitor. Um, but at the end of the day, you do all your, you do your income, you do your expenses. It says, oh, you should have $2,000 a month left. They shake their head and they're like, nah, man, I got like 300 so the first thing we need to do is find your $1,700. It's money accountability. It's knowing where it goes, knowing how you're spending your dollars. And then we can effectively see, because maybe you're not wasting dollars. Maybe there's just an expense that you don't account for. That's an important expense. Um, but maybe you're spending too much money every time you walk into a store. You're spending $20 on random things. You know, it's knowing what your money is, going on, is being spent on, knowing where it's at, so you can use it effectively moving forward. Okay, so we, we hone in on, on the budgeting. We, we, we kill that little monster known as debt. Uh, what's the next step when we start to build? What do we do with what we build? Uh, if you look at any financial plan, the same three principles will apply from company to company. Uh, the first thing is having a savings account and emergency savings. That's huge. That's to take care of all those little mishaps. And depending on how you like to break it down, savings are for non-recurring expenses. You know, especially non-surprise ones. I like to always use Christmas as an example. So last Christmas, if you spent $2,400 on all your friends, all your family, but you put it on a credit card, and you spend the whole next year paying for Christmas, and then you do it again. I pose this question to you. Christmas comes every year, right? Mm-hmm. You know you need $2,400, right? Mm-hmm. So why didn't you put up $200 a month and have $2,400 for Christmas? Instead of using a 21% interest credit card that you may have paid off over a year and incurring $200 of interest. So you actually are spending $2,600 on Christmas. And that's a very common one. The other one is insurance. Say your car insurance is paid every six months. You know, it kills me when someone says, hey, man, well, you know, I had insurance this month. I can't, I can't afford this, that, the other. Like, but don't you know your insurance comes every month? So why don't you put that money up monthly? That's another way to interpret using your savings. But the main thing is to have that emergency pot because we all know life happens. It's going to hit you in the face. And if you don't have a way to cover it, you're in trouble. So that's, that's the main leg. And this is a, a three-legged plan. 
other leg is risk management. And that varies from person to person. Um, if you're, for instance, if you're self-employed, disability insurance may be important. If you get hurt, if you're a personal trainer and you get hurt and you can't work, how do you pay your bills? You can't. Uh, that may not be as important if you have a job that has workers' comp or something like that. Uh, for instance, then you also have some type of life insurance if you're a family man, and, so, and especially in a single-income household, or excuse me, I can say you're even uh, a family woman, um, depending on how your household's set up, in a single-income single household. If something happens to you, what happens to your family? Who takes care of them? How are they going to have income? You know, especially with young children, that's that's another thought process. Is it's a life insurance, um, long term care insurance. Uh, for those of you out here listening, you may not think it applies to you, but if you have parents, grandparents, if they get sick, they get ill, that falls to you a lot of times. Um, it's it's in the history of society. We've always taken care of our parents. If you think about back in the day when people would farm, they had kids to work the farm, and then in turn you took care because they needed someone to take care of them as they got older. Uh, so, you know, having long-term care insurance, because that stuff is expensive. I mean, if you've ever had a family member that had to go through that, that's expensive. And those are just three types. There's a lot of types of insurance that you can use. Um, but it's risk management. It's basically taking the risk off you and paying someone else to accept, accept that risk. Um, and this that's going to be for your peace of mind. And the third portion, everybody's favorite, is investments. And that's how you're going to reach your goals. Be it a home down payment, be it college for your kids, be it college for yourself, uh, retirement, I think, is that ultimate goal. You know, we'd all like retirement or be it financial freedom. Uh, I call it the retirement option. Honestly, as, as busy as I like to be, I don't see myself ever not doing anything. But I want to be at the position where I could say, well, you know, I just don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. And I know I'm fine. And and to that third leg point and, and budgeting, investing, savings, having our flanks covered, if you would. A lot of people talk about this. They want to be financially free. What does financial freedom mean? And we know the number could be different for everybody, but what's the definition of financially free? Uh, that's, that's even going to vary from person to person. I mean, different people have pensions, for instance. Uh, my military brothers, if you do your 20 years, you know, you retire as a lieutenant colonel and you don't have any debt, you saved money, you have a pension coming in, you have all your monthly expenses basically paid by that pension. A lot of them can be financially free at year, you know, at the age of 42, 43. Uh, but financially freedom, freedom to me means I can pay all my bills without ever working again with no worry of running out of income. There's a, there's a quote I heard. <laughs> I want to run it by you to ask what you think. And it said, a man that has zero money in his bank account after getting paid, paying his bills, putting food on the table isn't broke. He's just someone that took care of business. How do you feel about that? It's true. If all his bills are paid, he is someone that took care of business. He may not be broke. Uh, I've gone into many a household with cars and TVs and dual income. I mean, there's there's minimum of a five-digit income a month coming into that house, which seems plenty sufficient. And their budget is almost zeroed out hmm. uh, from all the things that they're doing or, or whatever else they have going. Maybe they do have some debt. They'd incur student loans. A lot of times it's a killer for some people. Um, but he has taken care of business. So I wouldn't necessarily call him broke, but you still need to have an emergency means. You need a backup. Uh, credit can come into play. And a lot of times people have to have to resort to that. It's better than nothing. You always want to be able to pay your bills, meet your obligations, meet emergency obligations. But optimally, uh, look at your savings like it's a bill. 
Now let's talk about credit that you just mentioned really quick because credit's important, right? Um, you can have all the cash, but credit is also something you need to account for. How do you build credit? Well, I'm not a credit advisor, um, but you have to, you know, one, a couple of things that I will say, you have to, you have to have some, you have to use some, you know, people are scared of credit cards and I know why, uh, but you have to have some, you have to have used it to establish it. If you've never used it, then you go somewhere and you need it. How are you going to apply that? That applies in, in any realm, uh, in any realm. If you want to apply for a job as an anchor and you have no experience on camera, I'm not, I'm not going to be inclined to hire you. If you come to me asking for credit for a home, for a car, but you've never, ever had any credit, what am I going to, how am I going to be able to do that for you? You know, without you incurring, without me incurring a high risk, which reflects to you as interest. So you got to start it to build it. Now, being a financial advisor, a lot of times we know someone that, that helps others. Um, and, and you've said this before, I don't want you to make the mistakes I've made. What are some of the, the biggest money mistakes you've made, if you don't mind sharing them? Oh, man. Well, <laughs> when I do seminars, one thing that I've learned, and it definitely helps in talking to people, is that don't, don't let the appearance fool you. Because a lot of my seminars are right after work, and guys are coming from all walks of life. They're coming from construction jobs, from blue-collar jobs, from white-collar jobs. I wear a suit because people think the financial guy is supposed to wear a suit. But this is not what has always happened. This is not what it's always looked like. I've been in credit card debt over my ears. I've been this close to being bankrupt from spending too much money. Um, I've blown through my savings for things that I probably shouldn't have. I mean, I've done it. I've done it. I ran up my, I ran up my first credit card in college. Luckily, when I got out and went to the military, uh, I had a good pay as an officer. I was able to get that back under control. But, you know, I wanted to to do things that I wasn't ready to be doing. You know, I I feel like you get everything in life at certain points for certain reasons. Uh, I stepped outside of that, those lessons. I stepped outside of those lessons and those boundaries and spent a lot of money doing things that I, you know, and even to this day, I think back to some of the things I spent money on um, and they weren't important. Uh, some of my buddies will tell you uh, a day and it's not a funny day, but they, they called it 9-11 I literally charged nine hundred and eleven dollars on a credit card buying clothes. Oh wow! They, you know, it was uh, we were on a trip. I found a couple things and they were steep, but man, I just I had to have them. And the funny part is, those things no longer exist. You know, I might have used them a couple times, outgrew them, they tore whatever. But that's a lesson to me now. It's not. I don't look back and cringe and. You know, I, I needed to learn that lesson. In terms of learning the lesson, um, do you think it's an age thing, a maturity thing? Because, I mean, it doesn't matter. I don't know how old our, our listeners are right now, but it doesn't matter if you're 18 just starting out with a savings account or you're maybe 42 with a, a wife and two kids or you know, 30 with a, a husband and two kids you're trying to get them to daycare and work a job. Um, you think it's a thing of maturity that, kind of or experience that helps with making those financial choices yeah and you just made a very very good uh, delineation between two words that that are important um maturity and experience you can be very mature and not have any experience and uh like we were talking earlier um no test no testimony 
How can you explain how to do something if you've never done it or no one's even told you how to do it? Uh, where I feel like maturity can come into play is people who are mature typically aren't afraid to ask for help. Um, and that, that's important because with everything we have in this universe, with everything that we have that's going on in this world, you can't be an expert in everything. You know what you know and you know what you don't know. When you run into those things that you don't know, all you have to know is I know how to find someone who knows. You know, that was as part of when we had the modern man discussion. Mm -hmm. One of those things is being able to identify a weakness or identify a shortcoming and be it by paying for a service or whatever you need to do. um, You can take care of that. And it's not. Yeah. And it's not. a. There's plenty of people who are very, very experienced and they're immature. Uh, you've, You've done this. You've done that but I'm watching you and you've never learned from your lessons. This is your, in a financial perspective, this is your fifth time getting in a huge amount of credit card debt and you're barely hanging on. You were bankrupt, you did bankruptcy eight years ago, so at least it's off your credit report. You almost filed bankruptcy. We had to uh, get a home equity loan to get you out. You paid the home equity line off finally and now you're doing it again. You know, that sounds like someone he's experienced with debt, right? Mm -hmm. But he's not very mature. So there's there's definitely a difference um, uh, between the two. Uh, this this last question is for, for anybody that might be in a situation where they're having money problems or they might not have made the best decisions with money. Are there any money mistakes that you can't come back from? No, there's no such thing. Um, that goes into money mistakes that you can't come back from. You know that that goes into uh, some of it's going to be your willingness to just work. Um, unfortunately, like you, you have to have income to make up for debt mistakes. And you know what, as, as I sit here and think about it, uh, I won't say that you can't come back from, but insurance mistakes are huge. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if I wreck my car and I didn't have car insurance, what kind of mess did I just create? And it could be a person hitting me, but technically it's now my fault, right? Because I'm not supposed to be on the road. Well, if you don't have long-term care insurance and your your mother gets deathly ill and now you're dropping $4,000 a month, $5,000 a month into this care facility, or knock on wood that this doesn't happen to anyone, you have a wife and, and two kids and you're doing great. You're making $150,000 a year. Everything seems good. You're about to start saving and you have a car wreck on the way home and you pass away. Now, can your significant other come back from that? They can, but that's rough. So I won't say that there's nothing you can't come back from, but you can create some very regrettable situations that you definitely could have avoided uh, without having a plan. And it's just like we talk about business, man. You have a plan for everything else. Your financial plan is your life plan. Mm -hmm. This is how I'm going to get all the things that I want in life uh, efficiently and effectively. And there's so many things. I mean, we could talk about time, value, money. We could talk about so many, so many little pieces of, of why you should do things and when you should do them. But at the end of the day, man, have a plan. All right. And last advice. If someone's a teenager, adult, this is the other thing. They're, they're trying to grow their bank account. Doesn't matter if there's zero in there a million in there, 500, if they're just trying to gain their finances, what do you tell them? 
Don't be afraid to sacrifice. It's okay. Start with a budget. Cut out what you don't truly need and build from there. Uh, once you've once you've figured out what you have, be effective with it. Be efficient with it. Be that knocking out debt. Be that building your savings. Be that getting some risk management. Be that investing because you got to make your money work for you one way or the other. Charles, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. There you have it, guys. Hopefully that gave you some value. No matter where you are financially, take control and turn it around. If you need to talk to Charles a little bit more and get some more info, Charles, where can they reach you? Uh, you can go to my website, rr-axis.com, um, and all my contact information is there. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we're hanging out with this guy quite a bit, unfortunately. All right, Charles, thanks so much. Guys, thank you for listening to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. Let's grow. Thank <laughs> you.